Excuse me, lady doctor, ma'am, but we need your assistance. Oh, uh, what seems to be the problem? My friend, uh, my friend, he, he's been acting uh, strange. Uh, okay. What, what kind of strange? Stranger well, than usual. You say, last night, I might have had a few beverages in the local saloon. Okay. See? So then I was leaving fixing to go home and then i thought on plane passed out somewhere not sure what exactly happened but i took a shortcut down one of them alleyways and i know they say don't go down them alleyways because you know you're fixing to get robbed by many of those urchins that run about but i, I well i had to i mean i was three sheets to the wind so i didn't know what cletus, i was doing cletus just just get to the point honey just get to the point Fine, fine. Well, I woke up, not sure where I was, but you see, there were these marks on my neck, and my skin was burnt, and, mm-hmm. well, y'all think I'm mad when I say this, but I think I'm a vampire. Um, are you sure you're not drunk? Uh, no, I'm mostly sober now, um, for now, um, I, I might partake a few more beverages later. Cletus? Mm. I know you did not just make me run full sprint through the streets of San Denis to bring you to the doctor for this. I've had to drag your ass to the doctor many times. I mean, what about that time that gator almost bit your We ain't off? talking about that, Cletus. We talking about you. You think you're a vampire. We should send you off to the asylum. Well, well I am a vampire because how else am I breaking out in hives anytime I come across garlic? Are you allergic to garlic? Hell, I must be. I mean, ain't vampires allergic to garlic, too? Um, I I wouldn't know. That's just superstition. Call it what you want, but I know for a fact I is a vampire. I mean, I read that Dracula. I've not counted really read, but I heard someone read it. And it's almost scared me to the point where I almost wet my britches. Is that why you was hooping and hollering last night? It might have been. Okay, so you got drunk and you Mm -hmm. went into an alley Mm -hmm. by yourself and you woke up with scratches and a sunburn? Yeah. Okay. Um, Um, Think, now hold on. If I remember (laughs) rightly, there was a bat that swooped down on upon me and that there alleyway. That must have been Dracula. Then how else am I a vampire? I mean, he leaves your mark. He must want me to be one of his brides or something. I, I ain't sure. Okay, sir. I, I don't think that you're a vampire. If you were, honestly, I, I think that you probably would have been dead by now. Are you sure? I'm fairly sure, at least I think. I can send you on the way to um, one of the other doctors on the other side of the uh, town. You know, the witch doctors, they might be able to help you. Nah, that don't work. We'd already been to the local witch doctor. She just said I was crazy as a coot. Tried to to sell us something. Smelled kind of like piss, if you don't mind my saying. Yeah, piss and vinegar. Okay. Well, do you have insatiable hunger for blood? No blood sausage, but reckon that must count because it got blood in it, right? Um, not really. Why don't you come with me to the back room and we'll talk a little bit further back there. All right, um, you say so. Miss Jennifer, can you can you cancel the rest of my appointments for today? I think this one's going to be a long day. Wait, why are you strapping me down to the bed? Welcome, everyone. Oh. 
to uh, another episode of Around the Campfire. <laughs> oh gosh, we're still I'm gonna, going. I'm gonna say this again. We have way too much fun. Oh goodness. Yeah, we. I I started laughing part part way through that. <laughs> Can I just say, damn improv skills though. <laughs> Oh gosh, I, I kind of play it like um the way that I usually have to at work where I'm just like, I have to probe and figure out exactly why someone's not feeling too well because they'll come in and they'll say, I'm feeling sick. And I'm just like, sick as in hell. And they're just like, sick. <laughs> That's just like helpful, real helpful. Not it's like yes. When, it's like when you call the doctor and there's receptionist says what do you want to see the doctor for it's like uh i don't exactly know isn't that the doctor's job to diagnose i mean i don't know that's why that's why i'm calling the doctor (laughs) i don't know what's going on but you know if i knew what was going on i wouldn't need the doctor i mean hell i don't know what's going on half time so that's true that's that's just me in general scatterbrained so anybody that knows me well enough will say oh yes yes oh yeah oh yes I'd like David Tennant. Oh, yes. Oh, my yes. God. So we're a little late for this, but at the time of recording, we're a few days after International Women's Day, which yes. being women is a very important uh, day for all of us. Mm-hmm. Yep. For not only just us, but also for trans women mm-hmm. and everyone who identifies as a woman mm-hmm. it's very it's very important for them as well because they they also go through hardships and everything that that women do in the workplace and with pay and just in general the way that we are treated oh, in some aspects and, stuff. and before anyone tries to come for us about international women's day well what about international men's day that's in november We've got mm-hmm. it. It's in November, so and I mean every honestly every other day this uh, this year. So Ooh, it got real others. dark in here with all that shade. <laughs> um, but yeah, so International Women's Day was a couple of days ago. It was um very nice because we had posted some pictures on our Instagram of various women and that had done amazing things in their lifetime and continue to be inspirations for a lot of people mm-hmm. and also you know just kind of bringing to light that and there's also of course the gamers i think had something going on on their webpage besides their their usual um about video games they also do live streams with a lot of women creators and producers and things like that which is pretty mm-hmm. cool so i mean I, th- I thought when i was uh creating up the the post for international women's day to highlight some of the lesser known figures of history outside mm-hmm. of the the usual lineup not saying that the usual lineup there's anything bad because there's still icons and are icons for a reason mm-hmm. um but you know from the likes of bessie coleman who was the first african-american and native american woman to gain a pilot's license in her own right she might have had to go to france to get it but still it was an achievement and she went on to become pioneer in her own right doing stunt performances up until she was tragically killed in a plane crash but and even 
Another figure, for those that might have seen Gentleman Jack, I've not seen it yet, but I've got it on my Amazon list. Mm -hmm. But she was a very, she was a woman, more like a 21st century woman for the time that she lived in. And she's known as one of the first modern lesbians. She was a landowner. She was a diarist. She traveled. And she even had this code written up in her diaries, which obviously described her... uh, various affairs with women and obviously in those days you know frowned upon but mm-hmm. yeah her name her name was Anne Lister um for those that don't know um yeah then you've got some of the other prominent figures like Malala basically how she survived a gunshot to the head and for speaking because, out against all because she all, wanted education yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah her um I looked at her website the website that uh, she has um, for the foundation that she has um, for education and things like that. Um, And it tells a little bit more, you know, I guess of her story and what she's doing in conjunction with, I think she, she had written that it's not just her, but it's also like uh, a lot of people as well. And I think she, um, it's kind of like, I guess, uh, in a way, the feeling of, oh, well, no, it's it's not just me. There are other people that are helping. Because mm-hmm. I, I know that at some point, a lot of people, if something is going, um, like someone's doing something like amazing, uh, a lot of people will attribute that just to one person when it's actually a team of people doing mm-hmm. it. And sometimes, you know, sometimes people take credit for it. Like, oh, yeah, I did it. It was great. I did it all. And other people are like, oh, no, wait, no, it was it was a con- it was a team effort. Um, but yeah, she's like my my part was to she I think she said that her part was to bring light to it. Um, mm-hmm. She didn't want to be used as endorsements and all those other things that people, you know, um, would try to do basically mm-hmm. marketing, marketing her. Mm-hmm. She just wanted to help the people um, in her hometown and other areas like her hometown um, get an education. Mm. And yeah, so I yeah. I wrote down net nest. Uh, I wrote down a list of the the names just to give some additional context for people. And you know, it's it's history. And you know, if you want, you can look up these these figures and that and find out more about them um one of the women was uh ludmila pavlichenko uh, and she was a soviet sniper during world war ii Mm -hmm. and she's noted as being one of the deadliest female snipers in recorded history with 309 confirmed kills which is amazing Mm. and obviously to put into perspective to put into perspective one of the uh there was a um a man in Finland, I believe, who is known as one of the world's most deadliest snipers, and his kill count is like 200 and something confirmed. Mm. Yeah, I, I heard of her story. It was pretty cool. I know there's a there's a documentary about this other this next woman um, by the name of Nancy Wake. Um, she was a resistance fighter during World War Two. She was born in New Zealand, but she grew up in Australia. And then when she when she grew up in she trained as a journalist in Europe. And then obviously when the war broke out, she joined the French resistance. And then she also collaborated with the, the British Special Operations Executive. Um, and she's known as Australia's most decorated service woman. And she was that elusive and that notorious in amongst the Gestapo, they nicknamed her the White Mouse because they could never catch her. And there are all female squadrons of 
soldiers who have fought in various and assorted wars who have been known to be the most deadly and the most terrifying because obviously very few like male soldiers expect a whole squadron of female soldiers so it's like Mm. even more deadly but what i think is really interesting and i just learned this not i just learned this the other day is did you know that one of the reasons why d-day worked is because that they literally tricked hitler with a bunch of double agents two of which were female Mm. I think one of them might actually have been Nancy Wake, maybe. I don't remember. I don't remember the names. I remember the code names they gave, but I know hmm. um, the the no, it wasn't. It was. I um, might be. I might be wrong, but I, I, there was. Um, it was two women. One of them was Lily, and the other one I can't remember her full name, but she was she was a Spaniard, if I remember correctly. So, um, and I don't, I don't remember the whole name because um, it was an incredibly long name. Unfortunately, mm. I don't remember it, but um, but yeah, they they helped <laughs> they helped trick Hitler to the point that he was so convinced Normandy was just a diversion that he literally slept through the D-Day invasion. And I just that just oh. that just really it made me laugh, I guess, like in a <laughs> weird way, because it's like like knowing now what we know, we know that that yeah. was such a big thing. And at the time he like he just didn't he didn't really give a shit because they had tricked him to the point of thinking it was a diversion. But now it's like that was like the biggest moment the turning point in the war and hitler's like (laughs) yeah it's it's kind of like um i think i think we've talked to well we haven't talked about it but maybe i think other people have talked about it before especially where it's like where the um especially when when there were the it's still going on even though the media isn't you know really focusing on it but the black lives matter movement um a lot of people were kind of talking about it where it was sort of like um, COVID's going on, Black Lives Matter movement was happening, um, but they still had to wake up and go to work. And it was sort of like, there's all this, there's a lot of things happening on one side, um, but on the other side, underneath it, everybody's just kind of like going about their business as normal, like, oh, I got to go to work. I think I'm going to get some coffee, you know, kind of deal. And it was, it's like this weird sort of duality, I guess, of, Mm -hmm. of just the world where someone is asleep during, during like a, a, large important battle that killed a whole bunch of people and they were asleep during that whole entire time just resting peacefully while others were fighting and it's kind of just like it it I don't know there are a lot of cases where it, it kind of boggles your mind where it's just like that kind of doesn't compute in my head you know yeah. Kind of like when you see those videos on YouTube where it does like the size comparison of like animals or like stars and planet. Mm-hmm. So it'll go from the smallest planet to the largest star and our brains just are like big. It's big. Yeah. <laughs> so I know there have been a lot of important women throughout history that some get the credit they deserve, others do not. But yeah. To change to change the the tone just a little bit, I I followed this particular family and I saw something that they'd posted today and I was like, oh, there's a family that doesn't really well they don't anymore get the recognition they deserve and that's the Irwin family. Mm. 
Like mm-hmm. you want to talk about a bunch of strong women. Like look at look at oh, the yeah. Irwin family. Like yeah. Terry, Terry Irwin. For those of you who don't know who we're talking about, it's the um Steve Irwin's wife and daughter, which I mean, his son is a rock star as well, but look, we're going to focus on the women for just a second. Um but yeah, Terry Irwin moved to Australia, married this crazy ass man, and <laughs> instead of just like like settling down happily and running a zoo together they had their own television show where they traveled the world she gave like birth on camera which was very strange for the time and yeah and then steve passed away and so she became a single mom while trying to battle life in the public and run a zoo at the same time and Mm. you know i mean she's got an amazing team behind her but then here comes Bendy, who just picked it picked it up in stride and is just carrying on. And they have mm. done like just Terry is a rock star. Like mm. whole, like I can't even begin to imagine ha- trying to mourn in the public eye while simultaneously being a parent, now a single parent. Mm. To two young kids as well. To, to, yeah, to two very young kids, because Robert was very young when Steve mm. died and raised them and take care of of the zoo and continue on their conservation effort so Mm. like they have done so much for animal kingdoms they've given a home to so many different animals and rehabilitated so Mm. many of them and released them back into the wild and yeah it's pretty incredible to watch it really is steve would be so proud of them oh absolutely yeah i mean they're they're absolutely just amazing and they're so they're so wonderfully and wholesome yeah wholesome nice um they they've done a lot for like animal conservation and just you know like even if you're just like oh i can't deal with the woods you have to you have to admit that watching steve Irwin's show and watching you know the videos and things like that of his wife and his daughter you know his his daughter now grown and um talking about animals with the same passion as he did mm-hmm. um just sort of it it does make you want to go huh well maybe the woods aren't so bad but you know only for like an hour <laughs> <laughs> look steve steve Irwin was like my hero when i was a kid yeah. i i loved crocodile hunter i loved the Irwin family i've been following the Irwin family for years and now watching like bendy the oldest daughter she's pregnant she's due very soon if i'm not mistaken and she's having mm-hmm. a little girl of her own so it's like another powerful female to mm-hmm. add to this list so i but i'm it, excited it to ma- see it makes you sad as well thinking that steve would have been over the moon steve would have been oh. oh it's just it makes you it does make you sad i mean speaking from somebody with personal experience of losing parent young it is it's a strange one especially as you get older and you start to hit those kind of milestones like as you as you get older like you know getting married graduating from like university or that and you know that there's something missing that's mm-hmm. not quite complete it's it's just how it is and it it sucks it really does suck so anytime the subject of you know like somebody mourning a loved one it's like well i can empathize i i know what that feels like so Mm -hmm. i never begrudge people's grief because grief is very complex thing and it doesn't always manifest itself in individuals the same way as it does with others so 
I saw an analogy talking about grief at one point, and it was like when this traumatic event first happens, picture a a big ball in a box. And on mm. one side of the box is a pain button. And when the when the traumatic event first happens, that ball is huge and it's constantly hitting that pain button and there you you get no relief. But over mm. time that ball starts to shrink and it's bouncing mm. around and it will eventually still hit that pain button, but it mm. happens much less often and mm. i love that analogy like that perfectly describes the grief the grieving process yeah like you'll just be wandering along and then suddenly like um right after i lost um a guy that i i say is basically like a stepdad to me i was eating a potato and he had a very particular way that he would eat his potatoes and i didn't even think about it but he would like he would cut like take a baked potato he'd cut it in half and put all the like sour cream butter salt whatever on each half and then he would pick it up and eat it whole and i did that and then it dawned on me what i was doing and i started to cry over a potato (laughs) and i was like this is the most ridiculous reason i've ever cried (laughs) I mean, pe- people can't see me, obviously, but I'm wearing a hoodie that actually belonged to my mum at one point. But, uh, well, mine now. Um, she gave it to me when she was in the hospice. So, yeah, she, she palmed off a lot of her uh, old pajamas that she didn't need because the condition she was in, she was rapidly losing weight because, well, she couldn't exactly swallow food and that anymore. She couldn't chew because, well, if I've not said already, my mum was diagnosed with ALS in May of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, obviously, if you've got any awareness about ALS is, um, if you choose to look it up, disclaimer, it's it's hard to watch because, well, it is, it's, that's the condition in general. Um, but yeah, I think she just didn't like half of her pajamas and that anymore. So, well, uh, next best thing, it's like going, do you want them? Take them. And I was like, okay, saves me buying anything, I guess. Is that being a cheapskate? Or I'm not sure. Yes. My mom no. my mom did my mom always my mom always did say that my purse was attached to an elastic band, which is not true. I I I I pay my share. I pay my share. Well, this conversation took a very sudden and dramatic turn than what I yes. anticipated, but here we are. So we had Kylie last week. Yes. <laughs> well, look at it, look at it this way. It's it's for it was on par, Nicola. We've had a, we had this conversation before we even started recording, where Nicola was just like, "Yeah, you know, me and my friend were just sitting over here, and he, you know, he pulled my hair, and I I pushed him off the swings, and it's just like Nicola, wait." And she's like, "Yeah, he 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 got pushed off the swings. I didn't do it." maybe but uh yeah he fell into like a pile of mud and stuff and it was you know and we're just like nicola where did this come from where did this come from? no <laughs> see i figured story? it out i was thinking about this earlier <laughs> there is a, there is a formula to a nicola story okay the formula i'm all ears <laughs> the formula <laughs> is as follows random point that is mundane that is uh, something that we're all familiar with move on irrelevant detail irrelevant detail how i personally feel about this whatever i digress back to the main point okay cool point done plot twist (laughs) (laughs) like what was it what was it um her friend 
he had like got washed off of a rock or something like that they went to the beach no that was that 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 was me that was me um (laughs) yeah i got washed off a rock but then he got stuck going on a water slide what he did he did (laughs) um that is the honest to god conversation we had when we first started if my friend adam is listening to this you'll remember that you'll remember that you were there you saw it happening. You were laughing alongside with us. <laughs> but yeah, I, no hate to Ryan. No hate to Ryan. Um, but um, yeah, that was a funny moment, though. Then again, I did spook Adam um, <laughs> with uh, we're out walking a dog. And again, Adam, if you're listening, you might remember this because I do because it made me bust the gut laughing. Because um, I know you're afraid of snakes, as am I. And you totally fell for me spinning around and shrieking at a stick on the ground crying out that it was a snake and you believed me and screamed and there you go that's that stick was coiled into the shape of a snake so again case example (laughs) you just witnessed firsthand a nicola story you're welcome Follow well, the pattern, yeah, I, follow the formula, and you too can tell a Nicola story. And for nineteen ninety nine, we'll get the upgraded Jackie story. <laughs> what is it? Use the clues I've left behind to to formulate, you know, to formulate your own story. It's, it's like blues. It's a blues clues. That's it. It'll take about it'll blues take about clues. thirty odd years for me to get to the damn point, but you know, once you're there, yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> The point itself may not may not be noteworthy, but the plot twist that's gonna come after. Hold on tight, because it's not what you're expecting. <sighs> and the worst part is, it's completely true. Like I have heard, it is it has happened often enough to be a phenomenon to have its own name. It's a Nicholas story. It's an event. It's a phenomenon. The Nicholas phenomenon. On this day. In 1899, I found an apple in a tree. It was the most beautiful apple. It it sparked so much joy in me, and I felt a rumbling in my tumbly as I looked upon this beautiful <laughs> apple. And then all of a sudden, space invaders happened, and they stole my apple. How rude. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, they also thought the apples were great, too, so... <laughs> Why does that sound like a Disney movie? I don't know. <laughs> you should write for Disney. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, um, yes. Last... Oh, God. Last episode. Last episode, we had Kylie. We need to go back. <laughs> yes. We need to go back. We've gone too far. Back Get to the, the time machine. <laughs> we don't have time for this. Get the time machine. All right. Last weekend or last week on Friday, we had Kylie on, which is amazing in and of itself because we didn't think that we would be able to speak with her, let alone, you know, even get within within Zoom distance. (laughs) We were so close, we could almost touch her. Not really. We were nowhere near each other. That's the power of Zoom. (laughs) But yeah, she, um, we had asked her uh, months ago or weeks ago before she, she kind of got a little busy, which is fine. We got, we get busy all the time um, in our personal lives. So we had asked her 
you know, when would be a good day? And she told us and we ended up recording with her. And let's just say we we did not tell her what animals we thought that she would be. Um, we we forgot to tell her, but that was because she she had a very tight schedule. So we're just like, all right, let's do this. But <laughs> and I th- I think it was I think it was a really good interview. It went really well, and Nicola almost mm. uh, almost pissed her pants. So I mean, <laughs> I didn't really. I I they say that, but I didn't. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't. Her cheeks her cheeks got very red as apples. Because we can and then alien invaders happened and <laughs> and they're like it explains why I'm here. <laughs> but yeah, um I we I thought that you know it would have been funny if the uh animal that she said that she was was a cougar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought it would have been funny because then, you know, or a tiger. As a a tiger, I we could use that clip. I bet you were a tiger. <laughs> Damn, Kylie, you ruined it. <laughs> I can say that because I know she's not gonna listen to this one, so it's fine. <laughs> what if she does? Uh, I mean, look, Howard. Howard followed us and he had followed us after we had did that random episode uh all those all those ages ago that was just uh i don't even remember if we talked about like risque issues in it but he he was just like yeah i'll love to be on the cameo gang and then he liked our episode so he that means he listened to it obviously <laughs> not necessarily not necessarily i mean no the worst part is so if you remember correctly which i do i've had this ingrained into my head forever <laughs> he started following us right after his live stream or like right before that part i don't remember but it was during the live stream and he started talking about it like, yeah, sure. I'd love to be on. And then we sent him a message and he was like, yeah, sure. I meant that. And we're like, awesome. And they started following us. But the problem was the episode that we posted immediately after he followed us was when we were talking about his name and couldn't decide how to pronounce it. So we called him Pinasty. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, what I'm getting at is we are literally the most awkward human beings in the world. We have no sense of organization. We don't know what we're doing from one moment to the next. Our entire Eh. podcast and business venture has been, fuck Eh. it, let's see what happens. Eh, eh. No, no. Don't call me out like that. (laughs) I'm calling all of us out. (laughs) Can you imagine what we would do if we managed to get our shit together and go forward oh. in the same direction at once rather than trying to be like cats and like run around in opposite directions Gee, i mean jesus i would be dangerous with a brain i really would be <laughs> <laughs> if we if we got our shit together and we focused in the right direction we would be unstoppable <laughs> My poor child. In case you guys hear her coughing, she's sitting in the background and apparently that made her laugh and she's trying desperately to cough quietly <laughs> and I feel bad for her. <laughs> um yes, we we had we had called him Pinasty because they're just like Pinasty. Pinasty. 
sick. Like we were basically like it was like aliens. We were aliens that had just came down and were talking English and we're trying to figure out how to say words. <laughs> and we were just like, Oh, is it penasic? Pen nasty, I believe. Like we were basically <laughs> like that, you know? <laughs> I mean, we were talking about aliens here. I did believe that I was kind of like part alien when I was a kid. So <laughs> I don't know if I've I don't know if I've shared this story, but I had my own theory about where babies come from, and I must have said this to my mom when I was like five uh-huh. that we were all floating about in space, and we all came down to Earth to find our families. And my I, w- I went up to my grand and granddad's house and. My mum and dad were there and I thought, oh, I like the look of this family. And then I think my mum was, I can't remember if I said my mum was <laughs> laughing or talking, but I like flew into her mouth and then went up and looked behind her eyes and thought, yeah, I like it here. And then I was born. <laughs> and I said this, I was like five. And I think my mum was brushing my, I think my mum was brushing my hair and she just thought, what on earth have you been watching? <laughs> Where did this come from? And she says she was trying so hard not to laugh and she would often like tell it to people again, go, oh, can't believe what she said. But she was like five. I'm like, mom, thank you. Uh, thank you, fine mother. I like to tell this story from my perspective rather than a third party <laughs> who doesn't know the full details. I was there, you weren't. But... <laughs> But think of it, that, that's a more creative way than what most kids think that, you know, born at the belly button or they're farted out. But my, my cousin did try to convince me that that's how babies were born. It came out the arse. And oh, I, think no. I, actually, I think I actually went up to my gran and said, Gran, Suzanne says that you came out the bum when you're born as a baby. That, that's not right. <laughs> Mum says that you come out the tummy. And my gran looked at me and says... Yeah, you don't come out the back side. <laughs> you don't. You don't. And then I turned to my cousin and said, See? <laughs> I was a weird child and I still am now. <laughs> so you have two examples of Nicholas stories clues left behind in this episode to create your own. <laughs> Um, oh my yes, god, uh, Nicola is a walking Mad Lib story. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Um, yes. Uh, just talking, <laughs> talking with Kylie because she is a strong woman. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Um, back to Kylie. So yes, we had Kylie on, and we we um. Hope that you enjoy the episode with her uh, because she went into some details of uh, a little bit more of how she got started with the Let's Play podcast and um, just the just the people that were involved and everything. And we've asked her some questions and how she you know feels about the community. So I think I think it's basically is a really cool interview that we we're able to do with her. And we hope that we get to interview other other people from Red Dead soon mm-hmm. um, 
because we got Mick, we did Howard, we got Kylie. I would love to interview um, Mia and Peter and Rob and Roger and basically all of the cast. Mm, <laughs> all of the cast that, yeah. that played that played people like Strauss and well, we already did Strauss, like um, Pearson, and you know. <laughs> Picking, I would love picking people's brains. I don't yeah. know what this sign was that I'm doing right now, but it looks very odd. But I, I can tell you what it looks like, but I don't think you yeah. want the viewers to know. But anyway, yeah. I um. honestly, I am waiting for the day that we finally get Peter because I'm trying to imagine what that chaos is going to be like. I think I think that he'd be a great um, person to interview. I, oh, I think I, he would, but I don't think the interview would go anywhere. You think Nicola's stories are bad. Nicola and Peter together is what scares me. And then, of course, I'm like the... Yeah, and then I'm like the embodiment of chaos. So Peter's chaos and my chaos. Will we go together? Will we oppose each other? Who knows? (laughs) Who knows? It might bring on the rapture. And that's... (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to say what just popped into my head, but I'll just say it's a song I've had suck for a while. It's not the one we were listening to earlier, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. yeah. Oh, and no audience members, we are not sharing that detail because. Oh God. <laughs> okay. Um, so I, I think this episode is strong women and randomness. Um, since we talked about uh, some strong women that we have learned about and kind of know, I guess we could talk about strong women within, you know. Uh, people that we do know in celebration mm. of uh, International Women's Day. Um, so like aunts, uncle, well, aunts, uncles, aunts and uncles. <laughs> I was thinking about aunts and uncles, but aunts, mothers, grandmothers, sisters, cousins, things like that. Um, my family is mostly women. <laughs> like it's, it's like there's... Um, me and my three sisters and my mom and then um my grandmother my abuela before she had died um you know she she was a teacher but she also did went to school for like accounting and then she was like a partial owner of like a a hydro factory in Puerto Rico which I was just like when were you going to tell me that my that my abuela was like some sort of like businesswoman <laughs> some form of I was going to say that was bordering on a Nicola story for just a second there <laughs> yeah my um when we had went to Puerto Rico for my abuela's uh, funeral she my mom was just like, oh, we just got to get her affairs in order. And we went to this very beautiful, like, town in the mountains where my grandmother owned part of the electric um, plant that was there that ran on wind and water. And so essentially she had a stake in that small little town. And I was just like, mother, when were you going to tell me? And she was just like, I didn't think it was important. I was just like, why did you think it was important? Because now we're in like this, we've got like a will and things like that, that we have to like, oh, read in Spanish and sign your name. And it's all this like properties and different like things that my grandmother had. And I was just like, I don't understand any of this. Why didn't you tell me this sooner? (laughs) So yeah. But 
my grandmother was a very strong woman. She's very nice. Um, mm. Always gave us food and she always listened to us. She didn't talk a whole lot, but she always listened to us. And my mom is sort of the same way, but she's She's a lot like me. She's a, but I would say that she's a little bit more like you, Nicola, um, in terms of like uh, a little scatterbrained. Just... Yeah, she's <laughs> she's like one time she had forgotten something. She had forgotten her keys inside the house, so she had locked herself out, and so she had to call my dad. And I was sitting with her because I also had been locked out of the house um, since we were supposed to be leaving to go somewhere. And so she calls my dad, and she's like, "Can you come in?" unlock the house I left my keys inside and he's like again and she's like oh yes <laughs> like that's how she laughs <laughs> she's embarrassed she's like oh yes <laughs> and I was just like over here just like oh god <laughs> but I, I love my mom she's she's so funny she's so weird <laughs> Let's see. When you said um, women that we know personally, the two that popped into my head, both of which are English teachers, and it's like, hmm, that <laughs> that says a lot about me, I suppose. But um, <laughs> the first one was in I was in eighth grade, and her name was Miss Cunningham, and mm -hmm. I adored that woman. She had English teachers are weird by nature. I think it's like part of the yeah. quota. <laughs> yeah I like you have to be a certain level of weird to be an English teacher but not quite as weird as the art teacher yeah, yeah. Or, or quite as um, unstable as a history teacher that's true my <laughs> <laughs> mm, history teacher was fairly relaxed uh, wait for the it homemaking all, the whole economics teachers though oh god <laughs> Um, I only had one home economic class and that was like in middle school my teacher was fairly nice and then we had home economics in high school, but I wasn't able to be in the class. But from what my friends said, they were they were nice as well. Um, history teachers, though, uh, most of them were weird. I think yep. my eighth grade history teacher may have been in some kind of war because he was missing a pinky. And he also was like, sometimes he would talk like this, like very normal. And then he'd like yell the rest of the facts out in like a sentence. And I was just like, I don't know why you're yelling at us, but okay, I'll write it down. Don't just stop yelling, you know? <laughs> I think, you know, here, I think when we, whenever they have teacher appreciation, we should, we should get Tiffany back and mm -hmm. we should talk about teachers because as I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, wow, there's a lot of teachers that are really important. I don't want to just take up the whole episode talking about teachers, but I've got a lot of them. But yeah, mm. I think that's, a, that's an idea for a future <laughs> episode that we've got going on. But um, yeah, so Miss Cunningham, she was mm. probably one of the first people that really recognized my writing and my oddness as um, being unique and she and something to celebrate everyone else just kind of made fun of me or they were like oh that's a weird girl that sits in the back of the class but she would often highlight in fact um we um every morning or like what they call the the busy work the bell work that you do when you're just waiting for everyone to get there is um every day you walked into her class she would have on the projector and I just aged myself 
real hard but on the projector she would have an image and it it was a creative writing exercise you were supposed to write whatever it was or like something about whatever the image was and so I did and she was just in awe over what I'd written and later in the afternoon she pulled me out of whatever class it was and handed me a brand new class schedule because she had gone to the office, reworked my entire school schedule and handed me a new one so that I could be in her honors English class. Mm-hmm. And it was like, like the, that was such a, such a moment. Like she believed in me so hard and I've since failed her there's miserably. Always, but There's always those teachers that you remember. Mm-hmm. For good reasons and wrong reasons. Yep. But yeah, she was awesome. And then we would do one of the things we did was um, Rorschach tests. And so she would put up different ink blots on the projector, again, aging myself. And everyone else was like, oh, I see this. And like everyone was looking at the at the at the black and I would start pointing out stuff that I could see within the white. And this one girl, snobby bitch that she was, turned around looked at me and she said you're doing it wrong you're supposed to be looking at what's in the black and I like kind of shied away I was like oh my bad and Miss Cunningham jumped in and said no no she's doing it right and everyone was like what and it was like no that's (laughs) just like you can see stuff in the black or in the white like that just shows a difference in in like the way your brain works but some people see Mm -hmm. something in black and some people some people see stuff in the in the negative, the negative space. And that's what I was seeing. And then the other English teacher that I had was, um, her name was Miss Sutton. And that was in my, that was in, when I was in high school. And she was a very quirky lady, but she was always very, very nicely dressed. She was very classy. She was a very classy lady. She always had a string of pearls on and all this stuff. And she she spoke very proper English, very posh, and but she was also weird as hell. And she and I were best friends. So every time I had to walk past her class on the way to another class, she would like stick her foot out like she like real obvious, like she was trying to trip me. And I would then pretend to trip and fall and be like, oh, 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 abuse and just make a whole spectacle <laughs> about it. <laughs> And, but she was <laughs> she was awesome. Um, I there was one class that I had. It was algebra two, and I hated the teacher. Hated mm. the teacher. Well, Miss Sutton was many things, but sometimes she was a little naive and not very observant. So instead of going to my math class, I just slipped into her into her history class, which tells you what kind of a teacher she was. She was also a history teacher, and so I slipped into her class. <laughs> And stayed there for a good 10 minutes before she noticed. And the only reason she noticed I was there is because she said, okay, class, time for a pop quiz. And everyone went, ah, and she went, now, now, I warned all of you yesterday because, you know, she warns people for pop quizzes. (laughs) (laughs) And, And she said, so I gave you ample time to prepare. And I said, I'm prepared, Miss Sutton. And she said, good for you. Get out of my class. (laughs) <laughs> go to your class get out of mine well, it's like why are you here <laughs> wait a minute you're not one of my students <laughs> wait a minute 
I was like, I probably could have taken that test and I probably could have passed it. Like now looking back, hindsight being 2020, I wish I hadn't said something because I wish I could have seen just how far it would have gone. Like, would she have <laughs> let me take the test and then started to grade it and then go, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, I, I adored that woman. Honestly, I think any woman who goes into the line of teaching in the day and age that we are in where even that is still very kind of stigmatized like to be a teacher to be a good teacher let's just Mm. throw that out there to be a good because anyone can become a teacher but it takes a lot to be a teacher and so women that are teachers especially like I I adore so many I had an English teacher in first and second year of high school. Um, if my friends are watching um, or listening in, should I say, um, they will. Well, if they watch know, the YouTube one, then they'll, they'll definitely they, be watching. They'll, they, they'll remember this teacher, whether they've had her or not. But she was not. She was like famous in the English department. Her, her name was Miss Stoko. And you think my stories are weird? She told the most outlandish stories. There was one, two. In fact, two examples. And I am not kidding, these stories, we just blown our minds, really. And she was telling these stories, we didn't believe her, obviously, but, you know. <laughs> but she said that she was scuba diving somewhere, mm-hmm. and she almost got attacked by, the sh- by a shark, but a turtle swam out just in time and took the shark bite instead of her. And then there, oh. was, another, then there was another story that I think her and somebody else were in Egypt and they were looking around the pyramids and she brought back a cursed stone. Yeah. You think my stories are weird? I've got one for you. (laughs) I've got one for you. One of my other teachers who is another woman that I adore. This is like one of my other lists. She pretty much did a little bit of everything. She was the civics and free enterprise teacher. She was the first responder teacher. She was a PE teacher. She was, you name it, she taught it. And (laughs) She was amazing. Now, let me give you let me give you the description of this woman so you can really fully understand. This woman was about 4'11", so significantly shorter than literally everyone in the class, except for that one unfortunate person who's like 4'10", of the entire school. She, when she started her class, my freshman year, I had her for civics and free enterprise, and she said, Good morning, class. My name is Miss Weird. Just so you know, I used to be in the army. So yes, I know how to kill people. No, I will not show you because in order to show you, I'd have to kill you. Now I'm willing to demonstrate on the kid that decides they want to misbehave. And I went, oh, this is a woman we do not fuck with. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gotcha. And then after class, she approached me and it took a minute for me to see her. She approached, pulled on my my coattails to get my attention. And she said, I just want you to know that a few years ago, I had a young goth kid in my class. He was very quiet. And that kid ended up being one of my favorite students ever. And I just want you to know, as a goth person, you have nothing to worry about in my class. I will take care of you. And she did from Mm. freshman year to senior year. She did. That was the woman that I relied on more often than anything else and Mm -hmm. she was awesome but yeah so one of the stories she told because she was in the army at four at 411 (laughs) i'm surprised to let anybody in that size into the army she well she went in as she was going in as a medic yeah Ah. if you if you're doing like um 
jumping and things like that, you have to be a little bit taller. But if you're doing everything else, they're they're okay with you being being short. We need a tank operator. Quick. <laughs> there we go. Sorry. Headset died. That's why I was no. like, hang on. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she was she was a medic. But you still have to go to boot camp when even to be a medic. One of the things they had to do was grenade training. And they had everyone lining up in a um, trench. There we go. And the whole point was you had to climb out of the trench, run to a specific spot, take a live grenade, pull the pin, and throw it over this wall. Now, that's not really a problem for your average heighted people. But when she was standing in the trench, all you saw is soldier, soldier, soldier hat. From her words, this is her perspective, not mine. I'm not adding anything. This was hers. But yeah, so all you saw was soldier, soldier, soldier hat, and that was her. So she had to hoist herself out of, while holding a live grenade, guys, hoist herself out of this trench, run to this spot, and then chunk this live grenade over a wall. And she said, that may be the very first time I ever saw my commanding officer get real nervous. <laughs> oh, crap. Misfire. Misfire. Run. Didn't quite cross that wall. Uh-oh. But yeah. Oops. And I'm just like, what? Like, that was a woman you did not mess with. But my God, I adored her. I took, with the exception of PE, because I got PE out of the way before she took over as the PE teacher. I took mm-hmm. every single class she offered. So she was she was my teacher at least once for every year of my high school career. And I adored her. But yeah, so mm-hmm. there you go. Dream big, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I think another figure in my life that's obviously played quite a prominent role and was, you know, quite a prominent role in my family being the matriarch was my gran, my maternal gran. Um, my adored my paternal gran as well all the same uh love all my family but i always remember my uh <laughs> my grand jarrett she was this little woman um little working class scottish woman um who like most elderly people in the uk liked agatha christie programs and she also liked uh ncis a lot as well um she liked friends but she couldn't stand half the cast if not any of the cast which is strange i know but <laughs> but she you wouldn't mess with her for the little she was this little formidable woman and obviously she'd lived a hard life um obviously she was young when the war was on and my uh maternal grandfather wasn't the nicest man from what i've heard um but the amount of times i would hear stories about any time my mom or any of my aunts and uncles got in trouble my gran would chase them throughout the house and even though they knew it was doomed even attempt to hide they would always try and hide in the bathroom but that was always the first place my gran would look and the bathroom lock got so damaged from my gran kicking the door down or shouldering the door down that the lock was warped and i just find it funny thinking thinking of that like my little gran booting down a door but it's, it's, yeah my gran was my gran was hysterical she really was uh I don't, I don't know if I've shared the, the story before, but um, it was when my cousin was getting married in Florida and my gran was sharing the motel room with me and my mum and dad. And there was one thing about my gran, you would never, God forbid, if you caught her without her teeth, God forbid, you would know if she didn't have her teeth in because she wouldn't speak. And that's how you know. And uh, yeah, my 
Gran had her uh, teeth out this one time. I think we're getting ready to call it a night. And I was just talking away to, to her. And she was just kind of giving the, the reply, mm, mm, mm. And then I caught on Dawn and says, Gran, mm, you don't have your teeth in, do you? Mm, mm. And so I started to pull faces behind her back. And then seconds later, I got this dig in the ribs from... <laughs> From my grand's elbow and she was covering her mouth going, don't be a cheeky little bastard. Don't be a cheeky little bastard. I was like, I was right. You didn't have your teeth in. <laughs> but, but poor grand, she she got teased rotten by my, by my mom and my aunts and uncles. Um, I loved her dearly. But uh, again, I don't, I don't know if I've shared this story, but my grand walked into the panel door leading out into the balcony of the motel room. She was aiming to join my mom out on the balcony for a cigarette, but she didn't realise that what she thought was open wasn't. And so she smacked right into the glass. And <laughs> my my poor gran, um, I had my back turned at the time, and I just remember hearing this, doof! I turn around and saw my grand like fall back into the bed like oh 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 and then my mum is on the other side of the glass cackling like a hyena so she opened like my mum opens the door and because obviously mum's laughing I start to laugh and then my dad comes rushing in going Martha are you okay <laughs> Martha come on oh, come on Martha I'll, I'll I'll help you up are you okay you, t- you took an awful whack there and never mind those two. <laughs> <laughs> a poor gra- my poor gran so it's genetic got it <laughs> yeah i think it's genetic um, on both sides so there's no hope for me so <laughs> my um my grandmother had dentures as well and something that i remember from when i was a kid is when we would go and visit her house she would take them out and then she'd try to slide us with them <laughs> She'd have them like one of those little wind up chattering teeth mm-hmm. that you had. And so she would she would be like, I'm going to get you with them. And she would chase us around the house with them in her hand. And to an outsider, that would be frightening. That sounds like something that you would see in like a horror game or something like that. Like an elderly woman running after two children with like a pair of dentures in her hand and like something from little nightmares that to me I was just like no and I would laugh and I would run and my dad and my mom would just you know they would just watch us and they're just like would you like some coffee to my grandmother when she had passed and she would be like yeah okay I'm gonna get you and I just like <laughs> it was so it was so weird um but it was so fun and I I do miss her a lot my other grandmother was very strong and she liked wrestling she liked to watch wrestling and especially American wrestling and she liked to watch the odd luchador like television shows that show up on the on the tv channels in Puerto Rico and um my dad told us a story of how his bike had gotten stolen by some kid and when she asked him where's your bike he told her well some guy stole it and she's like grab the bat and she's like show me where he is (laughs) (laughs) it was like it's that one and she's like hey and then guy you know she threatened to hit him with the bat and the kid was just like okay jesus i'll give you back the bike and you know that that kid didn't mess with him anymore and she's just like if somebody takes your stuff come get me or you know well I'll show you how to defend yourself so it's 
some I think there's something about the older generation, like grandparents, that there's like an air of whimsy about them. Mm-hmm. Because obviously they've lived a completely different existence to what we have. They've went through, you know, greater up- upheavals and, you know, had to like struggle because obviously they would have grown up in the time before, you know, like welfare and the likes. But it's always like stories like that. It's just, it makes you laugh and it makes you think fondly i mean i think i know my, for a fact i know for a fact my grand she was a she was a handy little handy little woman and nothing would get by her especially when she was younger she had like she had quite a few kids i can't remember the exact numbers between five and six i i can't count and i'm half asleep at the moment but um yeah i think she threw a slipper at my mom quite a few times like in fact i think most grandparents or most parents back in those days anything that could be used as a flying missile would get thrown i think it reminds me of a an eddie murphy skit when he says that if you ever had a mother that hit you with a shoe, she was like Clint Eastwood. And she says if she was if she was wearing heels, she would get like a greater trajectory on it and it would be like a boomerang. <laughs> My mom was an expert at throwing shoes and she was also an expert with wooden spoons. So I'm just saying, mm. yeah. So my, uh, not to go into too terribly much detail, but I have um, a very rocky relationship with a good majority of my family, especially mm-hmm. my, my grandparents, which all of them are no longer with us. But there is one memory that I have very fond, like I hold very fondly. And that is when I was a kid, my grandmother had wanderlust like you wouldn't believe. She always wanted to go somewhere, always wanted to do something. And I think that's where I got that from. And she, so every summer, me, my, and my three cousins would load up into this huge econovan and we would just go somewhere. And so we, we, we spent a lot of time in Texas, a little bit in South Louisiana. Um, sometimes, well, I think once we went to Arkansas, but for the most part, we stayed in Texas and Louisiana. And we stopped at McDonald's beforehand because, you know, when you're a kid, like McDonald's is the shit. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. And before their ice cream machine broke <laughs> back in the 90s, <laughs> um, we would also get McFlurries. Well, we discovered that the spoons for the McFlurries have holes. And when you blow in them, they go, so we are locked in this Econovan driving to Tyler, Texas with a bunch of kids going, like a Vuvuzela. Yeah. And so my grandmother, who is going down the interstate in an Econovan at like 70 ish miles an hour, says the next person that blows in that spoon i am pulling this van over and i'm taking all of your spoons away so we all went silent for a second and then one of my cousins and we have argued about this for years over which cousin it was one of those one of those little bastards blew into the spoon again so all you hear is silence interstate noise around you and then (laughs) and my grandmother (laughs) was in the was in the left lane so the fast lane on the interstate in texas and whipped that econovan across lanes of traffic to the side of the road got out of the van ripped that side door open snatched our spoons away got back in the driver's seat chunked them in the cup holder put it back in drive and merged back into traffic like it was nothing (laughs) and we sat there silently just in shock at this point like whoa we could have died (laughs) like multiple times during all of that we could have died maybe we shouldn't do this 
Well, that's uh, the thought that, that I was having. <laughs> but then my cousin, one of them, was sitting in the back. And all you hear with no spoon was just, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's one of that's one of the memories that I that I I hold dear from <laughs> my childhood with my grandparents. Oh. My other grandmother was an alcoholic, so <laughs> there you go. That was a Jackie, Nicholas story. <laughs> yeah, Jackie just told her first Nicholas story. Um, I guess I guess I could kind of say that you know even if it's not someone that's related to us, um, there are there are a lot of women out there. Um, that are just amazing mm-hmm. you know just uh, for their humor or compassion or you know their confidence and um just standing up for for what they believe in is it's pretty cool you know mm-hmm. like i said I've, I've definitely got a lot of teachers that really like i will never forget them ever and they they really did a, a lot to shape who I was as a person, I think. Mm-hmm. And then, like, just there were a few women in, just in my life that that did the same thing for good and for bad. But, um, yeah, my one of my aunts, she's actually my great aunt. Um, she was, I want to say, the middle child between the alcoholic grandmother and my uncle. My great uncle, just for the just for the record, he can speak seven languages, write in nine, and he is about as crazy as you'd imagine for someone who can keep that much knowledge from like rumbling around in their head at all times. Mm. My grandmother was, um, I mean, she was not a nice person at all. Like she was an awful human being. But one thing that we can't deny is she could work. She was a very hard worker. She had street smarts like you wouldn't believe. She could walk into a brand new town or brand new city and have a job by the end of the day, and which is impressive as hell. But then there's my aunt who is like middle of the road between the two of them. Like, here's this. Here's my great uncle who is super book smart. Here's my grandmother who is super street smart. And then there's my aunt Nadine who is just... Oh, well, I'm here and I like Shamar more. <laughs> and I'm like, you are my spirit. You are my spirit animal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> I put the fun in dysfunctional. <laughs> oh, oh, Lord. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess it's just, I, I feel like uh, given the last year that we've had um, with 2020 and everything like that, that it's, it's sort of given you an appreciation um, for the people in your lives that mm. um, essentially have, in a way, they've, they've changed, not changed, but they've added to who you end up being. Mm-hmm. Um, later on in life and I know a lot of people say that when you get to some people say that when you get to be an adult you know everything is already set uh, in terms of like your personality and, and in a way yeah it's true but you also you also meet a bunch of different people that add to you as you mm-hmm. get older and it's definitely true because you know when you're in like your late teenage years 20s you're just it's kind of like weird and strange nebulous time where you're just kind of this like I'm out of my parents' house or I'm technically an adult now 
you know, or I'm adult now, I can do whatever I want. And then when you start reaching your 30s, you're just like, I'm an adult now. I can do whatever I want. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like you you reach your 30s and you're still like, I'm still learning uh, about myself, about you know, the world and everything. And I think I think that's where kind of some people forget, especially when they're just like, I need to have this done by the age of 25 or else, mm-hmm. you know, my life is socially over. It's been, a, it, unless my uh, life implodes on itself on midnight of my birthday, <laughs> like s- some sort of weird Cinderella story. But yeah, you know, like... Uh, it's sort of like that and I, I appreciate a lot of the the women that came in and out of my life both family and friends and and everything like that because it's it's shown me even when it's not so good like you know when friendships don't last for very long or you have argument there are still some good parts of that relationship that in some way touch you yeah I think you know every every relationship or every every person that comes into your life is there for a reason there's a famous quote or poem I'm not quite sure of the source but people come into your life for a reason sometimes for a season but their lessons last forever yeah Mm. that is true and even with the with the good and the bad we we are constantly growing and it's it's like it's one of the reasons why I hate the phrase growing up because like it 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 gives the idea that growing has an end that doesn't you, it, it really doesn't like you we are meant to constantly evolve like that's how we that's how we became humans anyway that's how we got to where we are and so with new information that comes along or this that, and the other like our purpose is to evolve and i mean you, so you think i don't that. I, mean, I don't want to grow back, up. I mean, you think back, like case example, you think back to when you were like 16. Mm-hmm. Are you the exact same person as you are, as you were at 16? Oh, thank God, no. <laughs> <laughs> Some would say, thank God. <laughs> I, I know, if, like at least my experience, I'm a little bit more, I've got more world experience, a little bit. I've got more life experience, um, mm. albeit not, the nicest but hell that's life for you but um and that's the thing is with with growing and evolving one of the things is you kind of have to learn how to forgive yourself Mm. for a lot of your past that is a sign of of growth i think is when you are able to forgive yourself like you're not you're not brushing it under the rug and pretending like it didn't happen because it did you made your mistakes and whatnot but it's like i like if a 16 year old was sitting in front of me and told me what essentially was my life story i wouldn't shun them for it so why why would i do the same to me like I was a stupid teenager and i had my reasons for doing the things that i did at the time seemed like a good idea or seemed like the right thing to do it wasn't but i'm looking at my past in hindsight and as they say hindsight is always 2020 so you have to learn to forgive yourself Mm. for a lot of like okay like yeah i was a stupid teenager i did this i did that yada 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 bad things happen but i learned from it and i grew Mm. into the person that i am and sometimes in a weird twist of fate you go through things just so that you can help someone else in the future. Mm. Yeah. Life's weird. 
Like it is. it's weird. It is. It's complicated and convoluted in a lot of ways and a lot of things don't make sense and it's basically a nope. giant pig's jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> pig's pigsaw juzzle. Pigsaw juzzle. That's so sorry. But, <laughs> um but I feel like on that note, you know, um we I think we've reached the end of our sort of meandering but also important mm. talk on uh on international women's day we stayed and, mostly uh, on topic <laughs> yeah i applaud us we, we did, did a good stay. job we, we did with me involved guys... it stayed on track relatively <laughs> partly and honestly we don't know if we've reached Partially. the end of our episode or not because we forgot to put a timer on <laughs> again but i will say one thing and i'm just gonna throw this out here honestly the other i I do have two more people that i'd like to add onto my list of of women that have helped influence and make a difference in my life you two (laughs) (laughs) honestly because like i've had so many ideas like running around in my head for years of I really would like to do this one thing but insert whatever excuse here or I'd really Mm. really love to do whatever but insert whatever excuse here and then the three of you came along and it was like hey you know it'd be a really cool idea we should start a podcast and you all went all right cool bet let's do it (laughs) (laughs) and like I don't think the two of you really understand just how special and important that was because mm-hmm. like this podcast to go a little mushy here for a second has helped me through a lot of very dark times and a convers- uh, an episode we had previously we talked about editing so the fact that I get to edit audio and video together yeah I've had a lot of fun <laughs> and it has really helped so powerful women that have influenced my life you two are definitely up there. Mm. I could say oh. the same thing about you ladies as well. Aw, that's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, appre- I appreciate and love both of you. Yay. That, that being said, ill gross feelings. Oh, emotions. Internet, internet grip hug. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But we'll, we'll see you guys uh, in the next episode. We have special guests special lineups coming up uh for the rest of the episode um because i think the last episode is in what may around may or so early may late april i think we calculated correctly if we calculate correctly i i I think we did (laughs) but yeah um we've got we've got some special guests coming up that we hope that you will enjoy Mm -hmm. and other than that um we also have some ideas uh, that we may talk about next week or maybe the week after. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? We might. Who knows? Who knows? We might. We might not. It's whatever. <laughs> Who knows? I might be replaced with a volleyball next week. <laughs> Tune in next week to find out. Does Nicola become a volleyball or does she get a brain? Da-da-da-da. If I only had a brain. Does, does Jackie finally have enough money to afford therapy? Does does Catherine? Well, she's perfect. So, oh no. <laughs> <laughs>
But yeah, I love both of you. And hmm, we will see you lovely listeners or here. You will hear our lovely voices later. Farewell, travelers. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Around the Campfire. We'd also like to thank Brett Van Dossel for providing the music. You can find him and his music at brettvandossel.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at CameoGang1899. We're also on Instagram at AroundTheCampfire1899. You can find us on YouTube at AroundTheCampfirePodcast. See you around, cowboys.